Perry Heights, welcome to online. Today, we've got a great message of hope. And I'm here with Stephen Abbott, our spiritual growth pastor. Hi. And if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Beth Nelson. And we are just really excited to be here together. We get to share in a message and just want you to know that there's some, a few things planned and there's a, a great message that Stephen has for us of, of hope and who God is. Uh, but there's a little bit of an unplugged feel too. And like our chairs twist and turn. So <laughs> if you see us doing a little dance here, it's just because we're having fun on these chairs. And so welcome. So glad uh, that you're online with us today. Um, and we're in a brand new series called The God I Wish You Knew. And isn't that the truth, Stephen? Like, Absolutely. think about, uh, well, my background, your background. Um, there are times, uh, have there been times in your life where you have had misconceptions about who God is? Oh, 100%. Uh, particularly during times when I'm super frustrated with God or uh, have a complaint against God. Uh, that Those are times when I'm kind of blinded to who God is some, in those circumstances. They yeah. seem to sort of dominate. They're, they're so in your face that... I just lose track of who God is sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're starting a series, uh, brand new, about who God really is and what better time in the time of our local community, our nation, and our world to really lean into who God is. And so, Stephen, your family went on a trip to Mount Rushmore a few years ago. Like, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us that story. Yeah, for sure. So just to set us up today, uh, my family did go to Mount Rushmore about three years ago. It was the first time we'd ever been. Uh, we were on our, our, our way to visit family, in fact, in Denver. And we thought, well, this would be a great idea. We should go do this. Everybody should see this big monument that's dedicated to the legacy of some of our greatest political leaders. And so uh, we thought we'd enjoy this day. And as we got closer and closer, uh, we uh, realized that this kind of weather system was was moving in and it was not really a great feeling. You kind of had these clouds that were dark and it felt pretty intense. The wind started picking up and that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. we were bound and determined. We really wanted to see this thing. And so uh, we pulled in, we paid uh, to park and all the things, got out of the van and we started walking up the big walkway before you get up to Mount Rushmore. And man, I tell you what, the wind just started blowing hard and it started raining and kind of drizzling on us. And by the time like five, 10 minutes went by, I mean, this thing really got intense. It was Mm -hmm. like 40 mile an hour gusts here and there. It got so intense that I had to pick up our littlest one. She was only five at the time, Allie. uh, And she just, uh, I mean, weighed 20 pounds soaking wet, so to speak. (laughs) And I just had to scoop her up so she didn't get blown away. And we got to the top of the hill and we were looking at Mount Rushmore and all of us, we had some ponchos on and stuff that we had been given by a group of college students actually who were leaving. And um, all of a sudden, like, we were like, we need to get out of the storm. We took a couple of selfies and a couple of pictures of the monument and we, it just dawned on us like, this is not going to be good if we mm-hmm. can stay out here any longer. And so we looked around and the only place that we could find where we could find shelter was the gift shop. <laughs> so... Nice. We ran into the gift shop and yeah. I mean, you can tell how the story is going to go like an hour later and like $75 poorer. Uh, we came <laughs> out of that gift shop with all of our Mount Rushmore stuff yeah. um, and we were ready to see the actual monument and kind of take it all in after that storm had passed. And it was a pretty intense experience for our family and one that we look back on kind of as a funny time, but also one of those moments where we just really needed a refuge. And mm-hmm. that's really what we're here to talk about today. A refuge is a safe 
place. It's a protected environment where someone can seek shelter from a storm, either literally or figuratively. And it's a really powerful uh, concept that comes to us in Scripture, uh, this idea of refuge. We needed a refuge that day at Mount Rushmore, and there's lots of more serious times in all of our lives that we need a refuge. Yeah, and even like today. You know, I think a lot of us, um, as we watch the news or watch social media for what's going on in our, in our nation, our local community, we're kind of looking for, like, where do we find refuge? Where do we go for protection? And um, I couldn't be more excited to hear more about, like, how God wants to be that for us. Yeah. And so can you tell us a little bit, um, just based on God's word and sure. the, the truth that God brings is, like, how he wants to be a refuge for us? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the most profound statements in the Bible comes to us uh, in Psalm 46, verse 1. Psalm 46, verse 1. It's a really powerful statement, a very simple thing that says, God is our refuge and strength. Mm -hmm. God is our refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. It's a powerful statement, even though there's just a few words there. It's so jam-packed with some good stuff. And really the first thing that I notice in that passage, in that particular verse, is the very first word, God. Like, God is our refuge. It sets the tone for the whole rest of the psalm, and it really sets the tone for our belief in in that simple statement that God is our refuge. We put our our trust in a person, the person of Jesus. And it's not just any old person. Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. And so he's this special uh, individual who we have put our whole trust in. And it's a really powerful person that we can lean on in times of storm and seek uh, that shelter. We place our trust in him. and, And really, actually, whatever you place your trust in, it doesn't really matter what you say. What you do is more important uh, in placing your trust. What you put your trust in, that actually is the thing that you see as your refuge. And so just saying that Jesus is our refuge is kind of a simple statement, but actually having him be our refuge and taking refuge in him is a pretty significant act. And that's why the words uh, God is our refuge is an an equally powerful piece of this statement. That word our is Mm -hmm. so important. It's it helps us take ownership of our faith um, yeah. in a way that uh, makes it relational. It's not some abstract concept that we're giving kind of mental assent to. We are believing that in our heart in a relational capacity. God is our refuge. It's like saying, like, this is our town um, mm. or this is our team. We say yeah. that all the time, right? Yeah. And I, like, I have teams, you know, and we're coming on to, it's March already, March 14th. And a lot of us were planning March Madness. Right. Like, so crazy, right? Even here in our local community, there's a lot of like class B that we're thinking about being at the state tournament, class A teams and, um, NDSU Bison men's basketball was making it to the big dance. And so there's a little bit of like, um, disappointment and some of where that lands based on our current circumstance. Yeah. But there's a whole ton of pride in like saying our team, you right. know, being a part of that saying I am a bison or fill in the blank. Um, some of our favorite teams, Kyle and I were ready for March Madness and the, and the whole bracket and wanting to go watch a bunch Absolutely. of basketball in the coming weeks. And um, we've got teams, you know, and there's ownership there. And, and isn't it true, Stephen, that like God just wants us to be on his team. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like it's almost like I just think what if we, you and I decided to just wear a jersey and we got to be on God's team. 
you know, and I think that's the invitation of, of today's message is we can be on God's team Yeah, and we can find refuge in being a part of God's team. And there's personal ownership to that. Like it means something because it's a relationship. Like we can be part of it and we can invite God into our life and we can be invited into um, who God is and into the protection that he brings us. Yeah, absolutely. And when that happens, one of the incredible things that uh, follows up in this next statement uh, is that God is an ever-present help in our uh, times of trouble. And so that ever-present idea means that he's always fully engaged. And so when we respond in relationship with him, uh, then he's always fully engaged in our life. Uh, There's never a moment. Do Do you know this? Like, there's never a moment when God hasn't been there. Think about that for a second. That is so powerful. There's never a moment when God's not been fully involved in who you are and what you're doing. He's yeah. always present, ever-present help in times of trouble. Yeah. And the, some of the issue that we run into with that oftentimes is that we generally uh, don't see God very clearly in, while we're in the circumstance of a storm. Like yeah. it's usually only after the fact, like hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, we're it's usually only after the fact that we really notice and really see who God has been and what he's done in those circumstances. And so it's really kind of a matter of being patient at times yeah. in the midst of those circumstances and having faith that he is always present. He's ever present with us. Yeah. So, and then the final pieces of that simple statement, there's three really powerful descriptor words that kind of form this trifecta of, <laughs> of words that describe who God is and his character. Yeah. Um, the word refuge, the word strength, and the word help are this great combination of characteristics about who God is. He's a refuge. He's a shelter, a protection from us. It's kind of an external concept that he's providing that shelter for us. He's our strength. That's more of an internal concept that he gives us boldness Mm -hmm. and power and fortitude internally to be able to handle and step into some of those um, uh, hard situations of our lives where we feel like we're in danger. There's a threat emotionally to our our livelihood. And so, uh, and then the final piece is he's our help. He's like, he's our assistant. He's our partner. It's the same word actually that's used. If you remember um, Pastor Mike, when he preached a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. um, he talked about a wife being a help to her husband. And there was a, there's a certain word there in Hebrew. And that's the same word that God uses for himself. And we talked about how that was so honoring to women in so many respects that God would associate a woman with his name. Uh, And so here we see that actually playing itself out as God's characteristic. He is a helper. He comes alongside of us and helps us in the midst of all the daily circumstances of our life to give us those things that we need every step along the way. That's really powerful. And isn't it true that like we all need help, right? Like if if we were honest with ourselves in our, in our current circumstance, um, in our lives, in our marriages, in our homes, parenting with our kids, when we think about the current circumstance we're in, when there's a little bit of unknowns, like we all need help and we can go to all sorts of places to find that help. Right. Um, we can try to find protection and safety in a whole lot of places. Um, Stephen, you want to talk just about a couple of them that kind of yeah. come to mind that are more, I would say, kind of generalized where um, yeah. you and I, we could, we could really relate with some of the same things that we run refuge to. Sure. Let, let, uh, let our prairie hiders know kind of what are those, those sure. things. Well, there's a variety of things in that category. I, I think 
all of us on one level or another can associate with food as being one of those places where we seek refuge. Uh, there's a lot of emotional help, uh, a lot of emotional eating at different points uh, in our lives where we've kind of turned to food to be able to fill a void in us that food can't really fill. Yeah. And food's a great thing in our life. It's a really beautiful pl- place that God has created for us to be sustained. But um, when we misuse that, uh, then it doesn't fill the void that it, we really are hoping that it will. Uh, when we consume too much or inappropriately, um, that really takes its toll on us. Uh, the same thing with relationships. Uh, emotionally, we can get connected to people and attached to people in ways that are not healthy yeah. for us and that actually uh, create this dependency on others that's not good for us, it, yeah. that we're seeking refuge where we're not supposed to seek refuge. Uh, yeah. And that happens as well, like sexually uh, in relationships as well. That intimacy we think is going to fill a void for us, that it doesn't really actually create that refuge that we think it's going to in our lives or fulfill that need uh, for us. And those things, like, they're just a lie of, of Satan. They're just a lie of Satan that if we go to these things, if we go to find um, fulfillment or protection or safety in these worldly things, that we're going to find, I don't know, satisfaction or health or happiness. And it's just not true. It's just not true. Um, Yeah, it's just just false when we kind of drive after those kind of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, Some of of us find refuge, too, uh, in our own capacities. Like yeah. our, our intellectual capacity, we think yeah. we, we kind of try to outthink life and mm-hmm. uh, try to be smarter than all the problems that we face. And sure, like our brains are amazing. Like God created mm-hmm. us in such powerful ways. So there's, there's no way that he asks us to check our brains at the door of faith. At the same time, when we elevate our intellectual capacity to a godlike status, yeah. that's not good for us. That's not yeah. how God designed us to live. Yeah. We can do that physically even too. Like I know that there's been times in my life when I thought my athletic ability was the thing that was going to kind of provide refuge or be a strength for me or be a help to me uh, along the way. And yeah, there were some points to that, that it was kind of great to be physically fit. Uh, there were some good things to that. But when I look to that to be a refuge for me or to really strengthen me in the way that God can only do, then mm-hmm. I'm really setting myself up for um, worshiping a false God in yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think another area for sure, and in my story this has been true, um, money. Money can be an area where— 100 percent, absolutely. We can just try to strive for more, like accumulation, whether of either literal income, you know, of right? like— climbing the ladder so that we can have more income and it's all based on how much more money we can earn or just stuff that more stuff will bring me happiness more stuff will bring me popularity more stuff will make me the best parent (laughs) you know fill in the blank and and i mean no doubt there's security in money right sure but we could be tricked to believe that that is our security right like money's not our security Mm-hmm. Money won't keep us safe. Yeah. Money won't won't provide us the ultimate security. And I think, you know, we've both listed quite a few things in our life that that force us to kind of fight. There's a temptation there. There's a tension mm-hmm. there. There's a wrestling there. With are we gonna trust God to be all those things to us instead yeah. of food, relationships, sexual intimacy, our mental capacity? Our physical appearance, money, accumulation, you know, Uh, are we going to really like find our safety and our protection 
um, in God and let God be our refuge. Yeah. And, and just for real life, like some people are taking refuge in toilet paper these days. Can we just say that? Like, have you yes. guys been to the store and the shelves are completely empty of toilet paper? Like, I mean, it's insane. <laughs> like, I'm at Hornbuckers the other day right? and I'm like, okay, the Nelsons, we still got quite a few rolls of toilet paper. So we're okay so far. But I'm thinking for kicks and giggles, let me go check the toilet paper aisle just to see if there's any there. Yeah, Nothing. Totally bare. Totally bare. I have never seen that in my entire life. It's just so funny. Like the things that we think yeah, are going to fill like that void or help prepare us. us. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Like kind of crazy. I, I think God, even like today, right now, to your point, he's kind of laughing at us like, <laughs> guys, you know, and, and, but there's some truth to like, how can we be less anxious? Mm-hmm. How can we be less to drive to different things and try to find all that in different things and, and a little bit more like calm. Yeah. And, and what does that look like? And so we've got three kind of next steps, so to speak, or three ways that we can really help for God to be our refuge. And so, um, can you talk to us about the first one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first one is stop striving and know that he is God. Stop striving and know that he is God. Essentially, that comes to us at the end of Psalm 46 in verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. It's a really powerful statement, a very famous statement that many of you probably have heard at one time or another uh, or been advised to uh, take uh, that to heart at different times and circumstances in your life. But literally, that simply means uh, that you need to loosen up. Just relax, like loosen your grip, let go a little bit. It's, it's not just take your hands off and just do nothing and pretend or stick your head in the sand and pretend like nothing's going on or any of that kind of stuff. It just simply means don't hold on so tightly to your life. Just let go a little bit. Leave some room for God to act in your life. And so as you're letting go, you're also recognizing it's know that I am God. And so there's a, there's a dual purpose there. Part of it is taking your hands off enough to recognize that you're not the boss around here, that you are not God, but that there is someone who is God, that he is God. And so those two things go hand in hand, literally, um, that we are to be still, Mm -hmm. stop fighting, stop striving, Mm -hmm. and also know, be confident, realize, recognize, admit that God is who he is. He is our refuge and our strength. So. So number one, pause and know he is God. Yeah. So just like right now, just like take a deep breath, pause, and just know that he is God. Yeah. That's one way we can take refuge in God. Number two. Yep. Number two, cry out to God for help. Cry out to God for help. It's a second action we can take. You know, when we're in the middle of a storm, when there's a problem going on, mm-hmm. it doesn't help just to keep it to yourself. Yeah. You need to speak up. And the person most ready to hear your story and most ready to act on where you're at right now in life is God. And so speak up to him. There's this great story um, in the Gospels where Jesus is on a boat with his disciples and this big storm kind of whips up on the Sea of Galilee. So these waves are threatening to sink the boat actually. So it's not like a pretend issue. It's not just sort of like the the boat was wobbly a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. the waves were crashing in to such an extent that the boat was almost ready to sink. And so these disciples, some of them were fishermen even and really knew the water well. They're freaking out. They don't know what to do. And so they cry out and they say, Lord, save us. We're about to drown. And he was taking a nap, He was totally taking a nap. He's like, totally. I'm just, I'll be over here. 
like just curled up a little bit, taking yeah. a snooze. Yeah, Jesus was not troubled by it at all. And so they wake him up from the mat and, Lord, we're about to drown. Like, save us here. And Jesus um, looks right at them with the wind and the waves still whipping around them. And he says, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? And then he calms the storm and they're like amazed. And they're like, oh man, this guy even controls the winds and the waves. Like, wow, I don't even believe what just happened here. And maybe that's kind of a question that we all could take to heart here. Why are we so afraid? We could just be kind of curious about our hearts. Why am I so afraid? Why do I feel so threatened right now? Maybe it's in a relationship or uh, maybe it's this uh, coronavirus issue. Why are we really so threatened right now? Why do we feel so afraid? Mm-hmm. Jesus is challenging us just like he challenged the disciples. He wasn't really calling them out like to shame them no. and saying, shame on you. You guys should have more faith than this. Like, mm-hmm. no, he knew that we get afraid at times and over perfectly legitimate kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But he was trying to call them up, not call them out, call them up to greater faith and to the greatness that he knew was in them if they would just put their trust in the God of Psalm 46. That's who he knew and had security in was the God of Psalm 46. And that's what he asked his disciples to do. Yeah, and he invited them to kind of, in that example, he invites them to call out to them. Like even though he's sleeping and they're frantic, he's he's inviting them. They run to him and they awake him. And, and he calmly says like, why are you so afraid? And so I think, like you said, even now in this circumstance, we can turn on the news, we can look on Facebook, we can look on any other social media. And there's a lot of reasons to be afraid. Like that's a realistic feeling in this time. And what we're dealing with is very serious. Um, but I think God is, is inviting us to cry out to him. And so one, the second way that you and I can make God our refuge, even in this current circumstances, is just to cry out to God, is to cry out to him. And that could be with the coronavirus and what you might be anxious about, but it could be a whole lot of other things. Like you could cry out to him about your latest um, school test. You could cry out to him about your latest relationship. You can cry out to him about your financial circumstance. You can cry out to him for any kind of help. And the promise God gives us is that he's going to receive that. And he's going to, he's going to bring us into his refuge in that. Right. And it doesn't have to be super complicated, right? Right. I mean, you don't have to pray this big, long prescription of a prayer. Like it's just simply like, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Lord, protect me because I'm drowning or yeah. I'm hurt or I, I've had a really bad day or I feel super tempted right now. And yeah. so I just need you to be with me. Yeah. I need you to shelter me. It's a, a very quick and very easy way to connect with him because it's about relationship. It's not about a performance of a ritual. It's about a relational mm-hmm. connection with God. And he responds to that by being our refuge. Yeah. Yeah. So the second one, cry out to God. And the third one is? The third piece is run to God for protection. Now, this is where we make good on saying what we say in our faith, that God is our refuge. It's easy to say, like I said before, but it's hard to do sometimes. And this is where we get called out into action. We get called up towards what God wants us to do. We need to make sure that he is our protection by running to him. And so one of the great uh, 
people from the Bible that's a good example of this for us is Noah. Um, back in, many of you will know the story of Noah and the flood and all the things that happened there. God was going to destroy the earth and uh, wanted to preserve this family as well as all the animals on earth mm-hmm. to be able to repopulate it. And it was a, it's a very powerful set of circumstances. And Noah was, he, he had his issues, trust me. Like he wasn't a, a perfect man by any means. But uh, the Bible says that he was righteous. That means he lived rightly with God, that he had a right relationship. He knew who God was in his life, that God would be a refuge for him. And so God asked him to build this giant boat um, that was like a football field and a half long, like this crazy huge project that took him over a hundred years to um, create. And so once everything was packed up and put in to that boat, there's this phenomenal statement that happens in Genesis chapter 7, verse 16. It's this powerful statement that says, then once everything was done and all the animals and the people were on board, then the Lord shut him in. And it's like God just put his hands right around that big boat and just started carrying it through the wind and the waves and the, the massive storm that was to follow, God preserved them with his own hands. And that is a perfect image of what we're called to do. Um, there, there might be a boat that you need to make in your life. Uh, and I don't mean maybe a, a literal boat, um, but there may be a project that you need to put your hands to. You may need to te- take a deliberate step of faith uh, to be able to um, enter into the refuge and the strength and the help that God has for you. And so that's the third piece of this challenge is to uh, run to God for protection. Yeah. And so today, Prairie Hiders, the invitation is, like, are you going to allow God to be your refuge? Yeah. You know, God wants to be your refuge. He wants to be on your team. He wants to be there for you in the most trying moments and in the best moments. And I have no doubt that even amidst our circumstance that this week— Many of you are going to have success. <laughs> Many of you are going to have yeah. uh, joy, joyful moments. And God is, is our refuge in both of those. And so um, how do we invite God in to be our refuge? To say, I can find my safety and security in a whole bunch of things. But today, today, God, I'm inviting you in. I'm inviting you around almost. That feels a little better. Like I'm inviting yeah. you around me. Yeah to be my refuge so that I can seek protection. I can run to you for protection. I can cry out to you for help. And what was our first one? <laughs> I knew it. I was going to forget it. It's okay. Pray Go ahead. It's all right. We'll find it. it down. We can pause. Yes. <laughs> we can pause and know who God is. And isn't that beautiful? That's this whole thing is like, pray hiders. God never changes. God never changes. We can know who God is because God is unwavering and unchanging. He's the same God yesterday as he is today, as he will be tomorrow. And as he will be when we see ourselves through this circumstance that we're facing currently, he's going to be the same God. And so thank you, Stephen. Thank you for your your hope today that you brought and just the hope from God's word. I'd love to say a prayer for us. God, we, we pray today for your protection. God, we pray today that you can be our refuge, that you can be our safety and our security, and that, God, we can just take a minute and we can pause and we can take a deep breath and we can know that you are God. God, you are our refuge. There is a, a personal 
um, anthem to be spoken when we say that. God, you are our refuge. God, God. thank you for being our refuge. Yes. And so, God, help us to be less anxious this week. Help us to be filled with faith and filled with peace and filled with your security and your safety. In the moments where we may not feel it on a human level, God, will you be that for us? God, we thank you so much for who you are and who you are to us. We pray all this in your name.